was a level headed dancer on the road to alcohol. And I was just a soldier on my way to Montreal. What's up? Welcome into this week's episode of From Here It's Bottle. It's just me and Brandon this week. We are going to be uh, previewing the defensive line and the offensive line, um, giving our thoughts on depth chart and um, stats from last year that can be improved upon this coming year. Uh, And we're going to pick a position group from the offensive and defensive side of the ball every week leading up to kickoff on September 12th to preview and just kind of get ready for the season. Um, After that, we're going to do a little COVID talk, specifically news regarding tech and practice and uh, just some things that were out there in the media. So here we go. What's up, Brandon? How's it going? Good. It feels like we haven't been here forever. I mean, it's, I know it's been a little bit and uh, this is coming out on a different day than we usually planned it. That's because yep. you're in grad school. So uh, congrats right, on starting actually, that back up. Yes. I had a three hour class. I thought it was two. So when oh. it got, it was, it was from six to nine. So like I was like getting ready, it was like seven fifty eight. I was getting ready. All right, this is about to be over. And then he pulled up a, a whole new PowerPoint and I was like, what the, so I like searched my emails and realized that it, we meet from six to nine on Tuesdays, not six to eight. So that was a, a very unwelcome surprise. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, uh, I think we're gonna start filming or recording on what Mondays. I think we agreed on, and uh, yep. hopefully get it out Tuesdays or you know Wednesdays. But just stay tuned for that. And uh, but no, I'm really happy to talk about what we have to talk about today. Not much. Uh, I think the last subject we're talking about is the whole COVID thing and some players but other than that not much happening um no which is good yeah I think yeah at this time of year you don't you don't really want I mean the you know obviously we had the um Tyree Wilson getting added as a walk-on that's good news um we're just you know waiting for a waiver on him and we'll talk about him a little bit when we get to the defensive line but then there's also the Henry Columbia getting his immediate eligibility that really provides depth in that quarterback room that you always hope to not need, but as many people have pointed out on the site with our presumed starter in Alan Bowman and number two in Maverick McIver, both of those guys have injury history. So it's good just to have another option. Yeah, no, for sure. And uh, I think he's really excited. I think he can do some work, uh, work for the Red Raiders early on. And uh, just like a lot of other transfers and uh, as you mentioned, we'll wait for other waivers to come in, hopefully. Yeah. And hopefully, hopefully. soon. And then, uh, you know, as my, uh, as it's, I'm going blank. I'm trying to blank. I can't even think of it. As Houston Baptist, I'm still stuck on the old schedule. Well, yeah, because I said Montana State earlier, so that, I thought yeah, earlier wrong. you said Montana State. So, <laughs> but uh, you know, as as Houston Baptist rolls in on September 12th, it's uh, you know less than three weeks away, a little over two weeks away. Yeah, and you're kind of pumped up. You're kind of feeling good, but you did have some some tests, so. But I'm excited for the uh, offensive line, defensive line, as we're talking about today. Yeah, and like I said in the intro, we're going to take a position group from each side and and give our idea on depth chart. And I'm going to go over some analytics on what what happened last year, what can improve this year. And, you know, just a general preview, as Brandon said, we get ready for Houston Baptist coming to town on September 12th. So let's go ahead and get into the defensive line. I'm going to ask you a question right off the bat. So – 
pick one guy you're most excited to watch. Tony Bradford Jr. <laughs> yes, really and excited. I agree. Yeah, no, uh, I agree. His, uh, I think you mentioned earlier before we recorded uh, Texas Tech Athletics released a mic'd up Coach Wells thing, and Tony has a little part in it, and it's really funny when he asks him which way is the wind blowing because he's, he's getting some special teams work too. Which is uh, good for a D lineman. It means he can move yeah. a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and uh, just from where he left last year and to where he is now and just kind of, you know, he, he's one of the guys I'm excited to see. Uh, there's a plenty that I am. Uh, Eli Howard might be another one, but uh, yeah. young guys and actually, you know, that whole NCAA thing, they'll, Eli could be here again next year. Yeah, he's like my so. age and could still be playing, <laughs> so yes. So that's interesting. But uh, no, Tony Bradford, and I think you said you agree with me, but who do you think? Who, or who do you, do you kind of want to I'm going to pick another guy. Pick another guy? Yeah, it's going to be Jalen Hutchings, which yes. to me, you know, I, I've, I've been watching some D-line film uh, from last year, and it's just – it's incredible how those two guys played as true freshmen. Like, it, it just made – like, to me, it makes no sense. Like, to, they are true freshmen, right? I'm not getting that wrong. No, you're uh, – well, well, like, they'll be sophomores it's, this it's, year. Yeah, and it's really weird. But, yeah, I mean, they're, they're just young guys that they have a lot of eligibility left. Let's just keep it at that. So. <laughs> Sorry, you, your face made me think that I got that wrong, but I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure I'm right. No, yeah, they are. They are, and they're considered sophomores, but, you know, with that extra year, I mean. Right. And so, and, and so like, you know, you watch those guys, and you're like, like, I mean, those guys were playing against high schoolers the year before. Yeah. And, you know, last year, like, Tony Bradford is the, the best D lineman against OU's offensive line, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, and and Hutchings is is making big plays against West Virginia, and you're just like, okay, for the first time in a long time, I'm not worried about the interior of Texas Tech's defensive line because of those two. Yeah, I think you have to look at Roderick Washington for the right there, right there on the interior for a guy like Jalen. Yeah, uh, having a guy like Broderick and having a guy like back before Broderick, uh, a year before Broderick with Dakota, just kind yeah. of Dakota's just establishing that little line. I think Broderick's going to be the same up front. As yeah. establishing that, uh, you know, that chain of command kind of just going year by year. Now it's Jalen's turn, and uh, we'll see who steps up, you know, in the years to come. But I think he's in a really, really good spot, and I think Tony is too. Tony only missed the season opener against Montana State last year, and he started two games, and he played in all. He played in eleven to twelve. So yeah, uh, I'm excited. I, I think they're going to have a really solid uh, rush defense. I don't know too much Which, about. Passing. To me, that I mean. To me, last year, I was never worried about the rush defense. I, yeah. You know, it was one of those deals, like, it obviously got worse as the the game went on in each mm-hmm. game. You know, you can remember the Arizona game where they, they basically ended it on that 90-plus yard drive, you know, yeah. to steal the game. And, and that just seemed like it happened a few times. But, you know, I'm looking at their stats. Um, you know, their stuff rate, which is the percentage of carries – by running backs that are stopped at or before the line of scrimmage, you know, like that's where that's something that needs to be improved. Like you, you basically, you need to get that, those, those offenses behind the chains. And that's, if you, that's how they're, you're going to do that. Like if you, if that offense wants to run it on first and 10, it needs to be more times than not second and eight, second and nine second and 10, second and 12, yardage. you know? Yeah. I mean, it can't be, it can't be one of those deals where you're giving up four yards on first down and that's what, that's exactly what the offense wants, and, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, something that, you know, they were good. They were on standard yards or standard down, 
you know, so where it wasn't a, it wasn't an obvious passing situation. Um, they were pretty good. You know, they were, they ranked 42nd in the country, which they ranked 90th the year before, you know, so that's obviously an improvement, but you still, you don't want to be for, you know, you want to be even better than 42nd, um, you know, where they were bad. And this goes, we'll talk about this with the offensive line too, is on passing downs. They were giving up 2.82 yards, which is 79th in the country, which to me is, is one of those deals where when we knew that the other team was running the ball, we were good. When we kind of had to guess, we weren't, you know, and so that's something that just you're going to have which to start the winning. Game. I mean, yeah. And, and that's like lose to me. That's like we had guys that lost too many one on one battles. Like if it's mm. if you think it's a pass and it's actually a run, that means we need somebody to make a play. And we just didn't have that enough last year. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it's kind of like you said, it's, it sounds kind of dumb when you say it like like this, but teams aren't going to be one dimensional. Obviously, we know the Big 12 is pass heavy. We know that's going to be there. Every, almost every team's, you know, MO is just to go out there and just kill you through the air. But then you got a team like Oklahoma State. Uh, Oklahoma's had really good backs, obviously, with like Joe Mixon, those guys in the past, some AJ Piron. And their and, offensive uh, line is ridiculous. And their offensive lines are insane. And they can pound it on you. Or they can just air it out. And then you got dual threat quarterbacks. And then you got right. all this. And then, oh, yeah. then you, you know, and like you said, I mean, it's just kind of, their run, their run defense never really scared me. It never really, like, at one point it was. I mean, what, a few years back, it was pretty terrible. Oh, it was the worst in the power <laughs> five. And so, yeah, just right? I think literally just it was. If, yeah, just all of these stats I'm looking at being in the top 100 is improvement. I mean, it's not good, but to us it seems good. You know, like, because one thing I look at is opportunity rate, which is mm-hmm. the percentage of carries that gain at least four yards – when four yards are available. So it's basically like the offensive line does its job. There's four yards available, they get four yards. So for a defensive line, that's obviously not letting them do their job. And their opportunity rate was 45%, good for 58 or 52nd in the country. So that's basically saying, you know, the offensive line won over half the time. And that's just, if you want to be better on defense, that can't be the case. You have to win more than you lose. And I mean, to me, it's that simple. I don't know yeah. what you think about that. Yeah. I kind of was just curious too, about how you feel about kind of switching gears a little bit. I mean, we talked about the run defense. What about the ability to get to the quarterback? Oh, I mean, is that something geez. that you, that you put on? I mean, obviously we want to run this aggressive defense with Keith Patterson. Yeah, uh, you got guys that like Rico that, or like Jordan did last year, who could go in there like a missile, and yeah. from the linebacker position. Yeah, but I mean, up front, is are they being told, "Hey guys, you're this is your job. It's to stop the run." That's. I mean, it. to Don't me, they To me, like when I watch when they run when they run blitzes and it's a lot it's a lot like when with any kind of blitz scheme it's you're trying to you want to put the offensive lineman whether you're attacking a tackle or a guard or a center you want to put them in a position to where they're wrong and you know so like you want a D lineman to rush one way so the offensive lineman steps that way and then you got a linebacker coming in that vacant gap you know and so 
if, if basically they work and you can't say the D line's responsible, the linebacker's responsible because in an ideal world, your D line gets after the passer, which yeah. is why somebody like Tyree Wilson is so mm-hmm. important if he gets that immediate eligibility, because that's, I mean, A&M used him for that. It's like, we need a, we need a, a, a pass rushing specialty out there, specialist. We're going to send him out there, you know, um, Eli Howard to me has gotten better every year rushing the passer. Um, and I even think somebody that we haven't talked to a lot about is the Juco, uh, Devin Drew. Yes. Yes. I think, I think Ben's really, really high on him. Yeah. But I mean, you know, those are three guys to me again, if, if Tyree Wilson can, can stay healthy, but those are three guys to me that you need them to get after the quarterback. Like, I mean, that it's that simple. We need, you know, we can all remember that Eli Howard Baylor sack where, you know, he got in there and nearly caused the safety. You know, we need, we need those plays. We need Devin Drew in there making those plays. And honestly, we need Tony Bradford and Jalen yes. Hutchins and Nelson Ambanasor pushing that middle. I mean, cause that's where, that's what disrupts quarterbacks. That's what causes turnovers is pressure up the middle pressure in their face. Um, and so, as you know, as nice it is, as it is to rush the edge, we need that push because I'm looking at their pass rush stats. The sack rate last year, 79th in the country, you know, and that's – so then you look at standard down sack rate, which is anything that's not a passing down, okay. you know, and it's – we're 75th. On passing downs, 81st, which basically okay. means – Do you take a – you take a – drop yeah well, yeah which basically means like when the when everybody knows the offense is throwing it so they are going to be you know protecting and pass pro we can't get to the quarterback I mean it's just as simple as that like that's those are bad numbers and so you know that's something that absolutely has to improve and that's why somebody like Brock Purdy is deadly against us because you watch that mm-hmm. Iowa State game he's basically playing seven on seven yeah and you one thing that we saw last year is they can't stop the big play. They can't stop that big pass. It's because you're allowing him to sit back there comfortable and uh, just long enough against these, like you mentioned earlier, against these really, really tough offensive lines. I mean, they, yeah, they're not, they're not going up against scrubs, obviously, but uh, they they just aren't getting that pressure like up front in the trench. They're not winning there at that position. Nope. And, and and it, and it's, it comes so down, it comes down so often to just, it's like I said, in the run game, you got to win those one-on-one battles. And so, you know, you hope that Tony Bradford and Jalen Hutchings take that step forward as sophomores. You know, you hope somebody like Nelson and Banasaur finally yes. realize that potential that we saw coming out of high school. You know, it's the same deal with you. You expect you need Eli Howard to take an either, even an additional step you know, at rushing the passer. Um, and again, you hope that Tyree Wilson gets the waiver, which sucks to say you don't ever want hope to be part of a preview, but that would be big. Yeah, I think a freshman that we can keep an eye on too is uh, Philip Bleedy, uh, right, from uh, New Mexico over there, Portales, yeah. and he had a he had a heck of a senior year over there. And uh, let's see, he had a ninety tackles, fourteen for a loss, and four sacks. Uh, which the you know the sacks off four sacks. I mean that's. That that's contributing. You're gonna get a contributor out of him with the whole you know COVID thing. We'll see if he ends up actually playing, or if they even planned on playing him. Right. To begin well, with. and now they can play him as much now as they, they want, right. and not, not even true. worry about a red shirt. And then I guess redshirt him next year if you really want to keep him for you know five six yeah. years, which is insane. 
It think is. About. Yeah. See, I, and I, I think bloody will, is it bleedy? I believe so. We might be wrong, but don't, don't hate on us if we are. I mean, I just, Get I'll up. be we'll interested to see, huh? We'll just call him Phil. Philip. Yeah. I'll be interested to see if, you know, playing in, I just don't know enough about New Mexico high school football yeah. to know the level that he played at. You know, that's why I would almost have, if I were to pick a freshman to be most excited about, it'd be somebody like LB Moore from Tesco. Yeah. He went to Tesco. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, just cause I, I'm familiar with that level of football. I, I know a guy like that who, who has a fall camp, you know, can come in and, and do some things. Um, but I think it's just, I think it's gonna be hard for any of those guys just with the, the way Corona has kind of affected everything, but I don't, this is the first year I don't go into a, a Texas tech football season war. I, I worried about a defensive line. Like I, some guys are going to have to take that next step, but at least there are guys there to take that step, which there hasn't mm-hmm. always been. Yeah. And I think we'll hit it on in future episodes, but uh, to me, the both, I mean, both the offensive line, defensive line that we're talking about today, I don't think they're the, I don't, like you mentioned earlier, uh, the, how do I put this? I'm not, when you, when it comes to worrying about a position group, I think those two, I'm not, I'm not too worried about either one of them. No. Um, and I guess we'll find out which ones we are, but when we get right. there, because for me, I, am, I still haven't decided. Yeah. I mean, I am worried about pass rush, like okay. where it's going to come from. Um, yeah. But, but that, you know, like I said, there are guys there who, Mm-hmm. could potentially do it when in years past there aren't even guys there who can do it. So, um, you know, you just got to hope some, some guys mature a little bit in the system, get a little quicker, get a little stronger and just, you know, add some pass rush moves to their repertoire, which is why somebody like Tyree Wilson would be big. I mean, that's what he does. He rushes the passer. Yeah. He's a huge dude. Yes. Yeah. He really he's, is. Yeah. I'm excited for him. I hope he does get that waiver so we can see how he does play. Yep, definitely. Um, And, you know, something, too, that will help is – and we I know this isn't a secondary preview, but if that's – if guys aren't running wide open down the middle of the field, then maybe, you know, there's another half second where that quarterback has to hold the ball, which gives us another half second to get to the quarterback. You know, it's that's kind of a chicken or the egg thing, you know. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it's better. obvious, but it all works together. Right. Yeah. And but, you know, if we're a little better in the secondary and people are running wide open, which I think we will be, then, you know, you, you have guys who who with an extra second can cause a little more damage out of the D line spot. Yeah, I think, like you said, key to this uh, whole thing is winning your one-on-one, one-on-one yep. battles. Yep, absolutely. Um, so let's go ahead and uh, transition over to the offensive line unless you have something else with the D-line. No, all good. I mean, we're yeah. going to go to the other group that the, the guys practice against. So <laughs> yes, yeah. it says a lot about those guys too. You know, and I wrote, you know, I wrote a little bit preview and what I think this is going to look like. Um, and to me, I mean, I just – I'm really excited about your interior. I mean, I think Jack Anderson, Dawson Deaton, Weston Wright. I mean, that's, that is a really good group. I mean, I would yeah. put that up against anyone but Oklahoma in the Big 12 as far as interior offensive linemen. I mean, Oklahoma's better. But, I mean, you're right there with them. Um, 
just a, you know a notch below. And then even you know Will Ferrar, Clayton Franks, those are both guys who have played, and I'm not afraid to throw out there in a pinch. Yes, no, and I I, I totally agree. Those those three are going to be pretty pretty great for you. And obviously, we're not talking about the outside guys. So, uh, your thoughts on potentially the tackles? I think we know Josh Berger is going to fill one of those spots for you. Uh, yeah, I'd say it does. Wofford. It does sound like that, um, which is good. I mean, I think that's, I think that's good. Uh, and I, I mean, I if I had to put money on it right now, I'm going with Casey Verholst as your as your other tackle. I think he, mm-hmm. watching the film from last year, you know, with uh, Terrence Steele dealing with injury and coming on, like I thought he did a really good job when he had to. Because it seemed like, and you remember better because you were actually covering the team last year, but it seemed like we were going at the beginning of the season, it was kind of like a week-to-week deal, like whether Terrence was going to play or not. Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. And and so, like, you know, that's kind of not a great situation for Casey Verholz to be like, you know, am I playing, am I not playing, you know. But he, to me, he went in there and it was good. And, you know, I think he wins that tackle job. And to me, I think he's going to be the best tackle, no matter who wins that other job, whether it's Berger or Zach Adams or even the Juco, Ethan Card. I, I think I think Verhulst is good. Yeah. And, uh, hey, uh, Taylor, I want to bring something up real quick. It's kind of funny. Uh, We're on the offensive line. Yeah. Uh, I have two. I have two windows open when we record this. So, you know, research purposes and stuff. Quick thoughts. The Justin yes. Murphy tweet. <laughs> if, if everybody saw that Justin Murphy used to play for the Red Raiders uh, is now at UCLA uh, I'm just going to read his his two tweets it's this tiny thread can't wait to watch my young guns from UCLA take on these big 12 D lines trust me I'll have nothing to worry about and he's, he, he added his buddy uh, Jake Burton and then Chris Murray uh, assuming those are you know UCLA guys one of them transferred to Oklahoma one the other one transferred to Baylor and then he replies to his own tweet uh, like making the tiny thread like I mentioned Lock me in for the OU versus Baylor game. Makes sense. Where does this come from? And let me catch those Wands versus Texas Tech. <laughs> it's kind of like, all right, cool, man. Like, so, I, I, I just, I just, I just saw it actually, and I was kind of like, okay, let me go check this out. And then, yeah. And then his banner photos, him blocking for Pat. Yeah. See, that's one of those deals. <laughs> Little sidetrack. I'm sorry about that. By no, the way. you're fine. But like, I, when did he end up at UCLA? I thought he was at Houston. Oh. I don't. I know. I remember when he left, like for sure, because he was here whenever I started working at the Daily Torridor. So, I he was one of the first guys I knew on the offensive line, just because he was here, and you know I was trying yeah. to get acclimated, and then, and then you know I he ended up transferring and doing all that stuff, and I never really kept up with it, you know. Right. But I knew he was at UCLA, and I don't even remember like, that. It's like, dude, like it's been years. I mean, I'm, like you said in the thread, I'm looking forward to those games too. Genuinely. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, <laughs> well, to me, I mean, he medically retired at Texas Tech. Texas Tech yes, kept that, him on that's scholarship. What it was. Texas Tech kept him on scholarship. He finished his, I don't know if he finished his degree, but he finished that school year out. And then mm-hmm. for some reason, has a problem with yeah. the Red Raiders. It's like, okay. Like, but I guess yeah. you ride, ride for your boys, but I mean. Yeah. Anyways, I'm not even going to try to decipher it, but yeah, it is odd. But uh, 
what were we talking about? <laughs> tackles. But it's like Level has said several times, and I've heard as well, is the coaches are excited about the talent at tackle. They just need two guys to step up. And who knows yeah. who's going to be at right, who's going to be at left. I mean, we've even heard, you know, freshman Caleb Rogers is in there, yeah. uh, which, is, which is awesome for his it, – it's one of those deals where I'm glad he's in the mix. I hope he doesn't win the job. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But if he does, what does it say about either him or what does it say about the competition, I obviously? Think, I think it's bad. If he Maybe wins it, it more I think about it's the competition. Bad. Yeah, I don't – just because offensive line is one of those deals where, you know – I mean, Jack, Jack Anderson started as a freshman, but he's going to be an, so. you know, an NFL draft pick, you know. Yeah. And, and I don't know. Maybe Caleb Rogers is one of those, but it's just one of those where I, I like – I like linemen to get redshirted. I like them to have a year in a college strength and conditioning program. But I say that, and, you know, Tony Bradford and Jalen Hutchings both balled out last year. So who am I to, to say? But I just think it's going to be Berger and Verholst. I don't know about you. Yeah, I think you go experience. Um, even though his experience isn't in the Big 12 or, you know, in Lubbock. He, hell, he drove 21 hours to get to Texas. Yeah. From Ohio or, you know, where he was. And got them talking about Berger. I think you go with uh, you go with the experience there. I don't see them going any other way. I think you kind of just want to solidify those two spots. Obviously, I, I think you want to solidify them a little early, just yeah. so you can start that getting them getting the starting five up front gelled together. And, yeah. Uh, and you know, just kind of getting that solidified and then moving forward. And uh, I, I mean, Caleb Rogers, if he is, you know, what he's been hyped up to be or the not really hyped up but talked about to be kind of one of those right. guys to watch for i think it just says something about your depth that you're you're comfortable there i'm comfortable with the offensive line depth yeah so yeah and i am too and and i think it's i like you know you hear yost and you hear farmer talking about that like uh landon peterson has play is has practiced that guard and tackle on both sides of the ball so is caleb rogers you know their move they i mean they even said like ethan card is has played basically every position especially with you know this time of covid mm -hmm. who knows who's gonna have to play what so the cross training is gonna have to be good i mean because you know luckily you have jack anderson working as as a backup center but if you know, if, if he moves the center, who's playing that guard spot, you know? So I think all the cross training they've done to try to figure out who's best where will come back to benefit them in the long run. Don't you? Yeah, no. Yeah. I think, yeah, I agree with him. And, you know, you know, we did a little analytics talk with the D line, so we might as mm -hmm. well look at it with the offensive line. Um, it's, it's like I said, it's the same story. When, when the defense knew we were going to run the ball, we struggled. When we could catch yeah. them off guard, we were good. Like Pat, when it was a passing down and we ran the ball, we were third in the country in yards per carry. Third. When it when was, it was a passing a pass down. Yes. Okay. But when it was a standard down, we were 19th. So still good, but yeah, it's one yeah. of those where it's, it's like, oh, so – you know, again, we need more guys to win one-on-one -on -one battles if they if they think we're going to run the ball and we don't, or and we do, we need to win a little more often. You know, like I said, 19th is still good, but it is kind of concerning when you look at a, a third to 19th drop-off. Um, 
the the biggest concern though is the the opportunity rate which we talked about with the defensive line where if there's four yards to gain and you gain four yards the offense did their job well in that category we're we were ranked 55th and we we did our job 48 percent of the time which to me isn't good enough i mean you no, want to at the very minimum you want to be 50 50 but mm-hmm. I mean, even that's not good, but you, you definitely yeah. don't want to lose more than you win in this situation. So do you know who was number one in that category and what they were at? Yeah, I can look that up real quick. Um, one thing, though, uh, the other concerning stat to me is the stuff rate, which, mm-hmm. again, is the um, percentage of carries that was stopped at or before the line of scrimmage. And to me, we saw this a lot, and it was we were 38 in the country okay. which that has to be but like you and like when i say i can i can just remember like us getting a first down and then it's second and 10 and it wasn't because it was an incomplete pass it was because it didn't go anywhere it just didn't develop yeah we just ran the ball and, and nothing happened which again to me comes down to winning those one-on-one battles that we've talked about over and over again but it's just it's so much easier to move the ball to score touchdowns which we were terrible at when you're not second and ten third and eight well, you want to be second and six third and four third and two you know what i'm saying yeah and then i think that kind of translates into or at least for the first year with coach yost on how the speed sometimes just kind of went from here it went went from top-notch speed to just down down to the bottom where you know we're going to go fast we're going to go fast and it's some people were just like, it doesn't seem like they're going faster. It's because half the time, you know, you know, whenever you hand it off, you just don't gain a yard. You just get yep. stuffed. And then it kind of just throws you off. And then obviously you were working with Jet Duffy, you know, right. and a, a back. So you don't want to be behind. And yeah. Injuries. And, you know, when they dealt with everything, you know, they, yep. I think last year, a normal year last year, they were, you know, the whole water bucket was just kind of thrown at them. They, they threw everything at them and uh, yep. they had to deal with it this year. You know, now they're dealing with COVID. It's like, when are we going to be able to see a Matt Wells full developed product and yeah. a full developed offense? And uh, yeah. I, and I think Sir Roderick is a great runner. And I think the interior of – I'm worried about the outside. Outside runs a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I know Berger had some play at guard, and he's a little undersized, but he is quick. Yeah, so I'm, which I'm that really helps when curious. you're trying to move to yeah. get outside sometimes. Get around. Then, uh, and then I, you know, I think Jack Anderson's one of the best guards in the country, and I think you can really run behind those guys. It's just kind of, you know, can we keep the ball moving? Can we keep moving forward? That's you don't need those little hiccups, and obviously they are going to happen. Yeah. You oh know, yeah. I mean, mean, you're not, you're not. I mean, because I just looked up the opportunity rate. You know. Yeah. The it did the offensive line do their job? Clemson was number one. Oklahoma was number two. Yeah, Clemson yeah. was at sixty-one percent. Oklahoma was at sixty percent. So we're even, at 48. Uh, we were at 48, yes. So yeah. even uh, even the best offensive lines in the country are only winning 60% of the time. Mm-hmm. But that's also because, to me, you're going against defensive lines, which are the biggest monsters on the field. And so, yeah. um, you know, it's just one of those deals. Where, but, it's like I said, they're winning more than they're losing. And that has to be the case yes. for Texas Tech. It, it just has to be. That has 60 to 48. I mean, that's a, you know, that's 12% drop off. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, we ranked 38. So, I mean, there's, there's yeah. a lot of room between 61 and, and 38. Uh, 
you know, but we we were good at prote- protecting the quarterback, which you know, with our with the injury history that we've had in our at our top two guys, that's that's good. We ranked eighth in sack rate, um, which you know, Bowman he didn't get hurt on a sack. Like I don't think he was sacked on the play, but you know, he got hit right after he threw it. So obviously not great, but you know, you do, they were pretty good at keep, keeping jet clean once, uh, once he took over. And a lot of that has to do with scheme, you know, yeah. with a lot of the play action and um, uh, bootleg stuff that they do. Uh, it's just harder for a defense to, pin their ears back and go yeah not for sure and uh i'm i'm kind of you know curious about you know the obviously some we can talk a little bit of recruiting but we you know we don't really don't follow it much but um the potential of this offensive line as a group because those are some older dudes in there a little bit yeah um, where do you kind of see this group you know kind of being you know once jack anderson does leave i mean are, are you a little well, worried be, about I- that I mean, I'm not super worried because he's the only one you're going to have to replace, theoretically, to me. Yeah. Like, yeah, would it shock? Chose. Which, I mean, I, I don't think see it would shock me. Yeah. Would it surprise you if Berger stayed another year? You know, if that, he's good, good you know, we don't know. But you know, other, you know, so you're you're basically saying like you're going to have Casey Verholz back, you're going to have Dawson Deaton back, you're going to have Weston Wright back. And then if Berger leaves, then you have Landon Peterson and Caleb Rogers, who are young guys who have both gotten shout outs by the coaches on several occasions. So obviously like we want to see more guys in recruiting high school guys, but with that extra year, we've got people to work with and good people to work with. And if not, Wells and his staff have shown we'll go find somebody, a grad transfer, a transfer, whatever, a Juco, we'll find somebody. They've shown that yeah. ability. Yeah. Which so is that's really I'm, impressive. I'm not worried. Huh? Yeah. That's, a, that's another conversation, but that's, they're, they're impressing me so far with their transfer market. And that's just, that's another area where you can play in and bring in guys that does not have to be strictly high school guys developing those guys. If you can get yeah. a guy in here, that's immediately going to help you. Yeah. Like a, like, so like Tyree Wilson, we, Eric Monroe. Right. If we get to next year and, you know, something happens and Caleb Rogers or Landon Peterson aren't going to do the job for some reason, which I expect them to do, but injury or just unforeseen circumstance, I have faith that they'll go find somebody. You know, yeah. to me, it's just as simple as that. Hit the, so, the transfer market. Yep. Yeah. And, and, you know, like we said, we're not super worried about either one of these position groups. It was a pretty easy start. You know, obviously with the defensive line, I'm worried about sacks. I want them to put pressure on the quarterback, which leads to turnovers and turnovers lead to wins. It's as simple as yes. that. Um, but it, for the same thing with the offensive line, you got to sustain drives because that's what leads to scoring points. Like, like I said, that stuff rate has to get better. That opportunity rate has to get better. You can't lose more than you win and expect, because like the offense's touchdown rate was terrible. Like how many times did the defense force a turnover last year and then the offense goes? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It seemed like or it you happened. Get, you get like good field position of, yes. off of special, teams. You special the- teams came through. Yeah, but then you run the ball and now you get stuffed. And so it's second and eight or second and nine 
you know, and, and then it's an incomplete pass and now it's third and nine and the defense wins, you know? And so, like I said, we're not worried, but that doesn't mean they're perfect units. Like, I think we both agree there are obvious flaws that need to be improved upon, but unlike, you know, years in the past, especially on the D line, we can see it's not like a huge leap to see us getting better in the categories we need to get better in. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, the, uh, you know, so I guess unless you have anything, that's probably the best place to end the preview. Just like I said, we're, we're okay with those units. We think there are players there, but there's just obvious things that we need. We need to get after the quarterback and we need to win more than we lose. <laughs> you know, it's just kind of, you can say that about a lot of things in football. Yeah, you can. And I just, I really want to see a pass rush, man. I just, I've always wanted a, a, a pass rush from other guys up front. That's all. I've always wanted to see that. Just, yeah, please. And then, um, you know, just kind of keeping that, like keeping the ball moving. I mean, it's like you said, it sounds kind of silly just to say the obvious, but that's literally what they need to do. So. Yep. Keep them moving, score some points. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, let's go ahead and talk about everybody's favorite subject, COVID-19. Yeah. Tech, I wouldn't say made national news by any means, but we had guys like Dan Wolken, who I unfortunately had to go to his Twitter account to find his tweet. And all it was, was negative negativity. You know, he covers college football for a living and it's just bad college football story after bad college football story, which I get, I mean, report the news, but come on, dude, like let's at least try to, you know, get some stories out there that because there are teams trying to play, you know, and they're not complete idiots for doing so, but you know, it comes out that tech has 21 active cases within its football program and we did we ever get official count on how many of those were positive tests and how many of those were uh contact cases i know that tw- i believe 21 were positive okay so those are or, those weren't yeah, people 23 i think were were isolating total. yes but then today okay. uh student cases uh went up to 151 with 112 yeah. active right Okay, you're so you're thinking about how big how big the population is, though. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't think that's too terrible. Uh, but like I was saying, you know, Dan, that comes out that Tech had 21 active cases and still practiced. Okay, and he tweets beyond all the other stuff that makes this problematic. It's like, what? Okay, what? You're in, you're a journalist. Tell me what that stuff is. You know? Yeah. I don't know how you can purport to run a legitimate practice with 21 people out. Okay. There's 85 scholarship players. There's (laughs) how many walk-ons, you know, it's like, you only need 22. It's like, it's, you know, I can remember, you know, I coached at a small school before this. I can remember we had kids out for like FFA and rodeo or whatever. And we're practicing with, you know, we're practicing with like 15 going half line like you can practice football you know it's just one of the it's just i saw that tweet and i because i think claire retweeted it you know with a with a sarcastic claire comment that made me laugh but it (laughs) you know it was just like it's it's not doom and gloom like you can you can practice football because i think tech is doing a pretty good job with their protocols you i mean you're closer to it than me you've you know you've been in those media sessions but to me it seems like Tech, tech is doing is taking the steps to ensure that we're going to be in the best possible case to get through the season. 
Yeah, and I think there's schools out there that are just like you got Miami's coach, but Manny Diaz, correct? Yeah. He's over here saying like you, you can't get COVID when you play football. <laughs> I did, I did like, not all see right, that. man. Like, yeah, he said some kind of remark around that, and you know, just kind of all these things. And then you got you UNC just dealing with it on as a campus, you know. Yeah. Tech is not handling it at you know maybe Tech was just the ones that released their numbers that day, and it was just kind of like oh, let's pick on them because it was an ESPN bottom line little ticker. Yeah. And, Which is crazy I mean, to me. Yeah, yeah, because it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy to me because it's just like you said. There, that's that's a huge that that's a huge program. I mean, I guess track like, and field's remember, probably bigger than you. Yeah, and, and then that's you it. know, Clemson. Clemson at the beginning of the year had the thirty-three or yeah. you know some number in the thirties. And OU has a whole position group wiped out. Yeah, that well, that was funny that you said that because that was Walken's previous retweet was. You know, holy cow! They have a the whole position group. Will, it's like, well, I mean, I don't, I don't want to sound insensitive by any means, but that's how this virus works. It, yes. You know, that's why you're, that's why you're isolating guys that have even come in contact with a positive test because it's so easily spread. So, I mean, it's to me, it's like I've said from the beginning. If you expected to get through this with zero positive tests. That's your own fault because that was never going to happen. Yeah. Uh, Mark Tomardall, the special teams coordinator, um, coach, whatever you want to call him. I know he doesn't have the official title. He's also the associate head coach, I believe. And, you know, Tomardall just kind of has – it sounds like he has his hands and everything. But um, today uh, on Wednesday, we had a press conference with him, Trey Wolf and Austin uh, McNamara, and he said, we're expecting changes if you, you know, like – things are going to change. And he was specifically asked about uh, his kickers. He said, well, we have, you know, obviously Trey and Austin, but uh, Garibay is right behind him. He can do both. Uh, Cody Waddell or Waddell is he can kick. Yeah. And they have another kicker. So, yeah. And it's just kind of, it's nice to see. And I'm sure every other program, smart program in the country is doing it, but it's nice to see tech almost getting out in front of, like they're not going to go into the season thinking, well, our starting 11 will be healthy every year like yeah. that's, or healthy every week. You know, that's, that's not going to happen. And so it's nice to see that. And that goes back to them, you know, playing offensive, the offensive linemen in all different positions. Like they're going to put their best five offensive linemen out there and who knows who that's going to be from week to week. Yeah. You know, it, it, we didn't, nobody knows. And so it's, to me, what's, it's nice to have a guy like coach Wells, who, you know, is super organized, you know, involved in every level of the team, having him in charge right now, because you know that he is going to be prepared. And he's even said, you know, we've got a plan in place for every, every player and every staff member, if they have to go down Mm -hmm. for a week, they have a plan. You know, so it's just – it's nice to know that they're going into this with a realistic mindset knowing that things are going to happen and we have to be ready of being yeah. able to adjust. And Coach Wells said it on – you know, when he talked to us this week, the Big 12 even prepared for it because, you know, you play September 12th and then you got a bye week immediately. Yeah. Because they're, they're planning, you know, and you probably have to be realistic here that you're going to see some cases. Yep. From there, you know, Houston Baptist might see cases once they leave here. 
Yep. You know, and that's just it's going to come with the territory, I guess. Obviously, yep. you want to keep that at a minimum. Yeah. But at least you have that, and and you know you have that established, and you have a plan. Yep. So. Yeah, I mean the your these teams that are prepared, these teams that have a plan, and I mean when it just comes down to it, these teams that have depth are going to yes. be the ones that are good this season. I mean, it's just, mm-hmm. which I don't, I mean, you can say to me, I said, when I say that out loud, you know, teams that are well-prepared teams that have a plan and teams that have good depth are going to succeed. Well, you could say that about every year, you know, yeah. but especially a year as crazy as this, because you just know it's not going to be normal. Yeah. And uh, I think before we wrap up, don't know when we're going to wrap up yet, you know, cause we love doing these and, we're chatting and going along here. Just kind of wanted to bring up though the two players opted out, um, right? You know, It'll for be the interesting. season for the Red Raiders. Yeah, and you know, Lovell mentioned there are two young guys, um, yeah, on the board uh, who weren't expected to contribute. Which, you know, I'm not gonna, you know, bash anybody for doing what they think is best yeah. for them. You know, it's just uh, you just wonder will we, will you see more of those throughout the country, tech specifically, like, is that one of, cause you know, I don't think it's going to be like with the NFL where it's like, if you're not opting out by this date, you're in, I don't think college can do that. So it'll yeah. be interesting to see, to monitor that as the season goes along. Yeah. And you know, like you said, they're just two guys that are looking out for themselves. And I know coach Wells has gone on record saying, you know, they have their full support. Cause when he was initially asked about it, um, he said that nobody uh, had, you know, come up to him and that was a couple of weeks ago. Right um, now, obviously, two have, and he didn't say publicly because he he believes that they want to share that information. Then they they will. I yeah. think uh, obviously, week one or week zero, whatever you want to call it, we're gonna know who they are once you take a look at the roster and see who's missing. And uh, you know, get, once I get my, if I hopefully, you know, we're gonna find out Thursday how media is gonna be handled uh, right. before you know after obviously we're recording this. But uh, if I'm allowed up there, you know, I have my binoculars and I'll be looking <laughs> to see who's missing. And uh, we're going to be counting on you, Brandon. Uh, yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks. I mean, <laughs> it's going to be weird because it's just different. And if I mess up, mess up on that, don't, don't, uh, don't get mad at me. Don't come from my head. Man, life just goes, yes. Well, and that just goes back to, you know, you, nobody knows what kind of conditions these guys have that we don't know about family issues. I mean, and that's what I'm saying. It's just going to be interesting to watch as the season unfolds choices, guys make choices, teams make, I don't know. It's just, it's just interesting. Um, you know, it's not something I want to go through every year, obviously. Um, I would love to, you know, I'm I'm back in Lubbock for the first time since I graduated. I was excited to go to games, to tailgate, and, you know, all that's kind of out the window now. But, you know, it's it's as a consolation prize, it's interesting to see how teams and individuals are handling this. Yeah, for sure. I think we're, uh, as I think as I mentioned at the top of the hour, you know, it's just kind of where this week wasn't very, you know, headline news kind of to, to me obviously the 21 cases 23 cases however many it was that kind of made some headlines made some waves but to me I mean it was just kind of another week and we're just that much closer to kickoff yep and that and that's the deal I mean you just cross off a day on that calendar and until you know 
a day without bad news is good news. You know, at this point, mm-hmm. we're just getting closer and closer. So um, I haven't even done the math on the weeks. We may have to do more than two position groups before September 12th, or we may have to do yes. more podcasts. Um, but whatever we do, we'll get it done. We'll get them all previewed before we get to September 12th. Um, you know, we appreciate you guys listening. You know, subscribe if you can. Um, you know, I hope you enjoy it. If you have suggestions or questions, you know, just, just let us know. Um, make sure you head over to Red Raider Sports and, and look at all the things that we're writing and putting out there because we've got some good stuff coming up. So, Brandon, I appreciate you joining me. Yeah, no problem, man. Maybe we can get a thread going or, you know, just get like a little mailbag. And maybe we can start answering some questions uh, from some folks. But, uh, you know, yeah, another week, another dollar, Taylor. So. Sounds good. All right, man. Talk to you next week. Sounds good. See ya. Change my mind if you ever switch it up